teachers, I'm Carly Walton, and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. In today's episode, I'm so excited to share with you a teacher spotlight interview with one of our teachers in the membership, Dr. Richard Bosworth. Richard is a pianist, a concert pianist, and a master teacher of piano. He has an amazing enthusiasm that is so contagious and a love for online teaching. He is a very active member in our membership community and our other teachers will tell you that they love hearing him perform every single month in our open mic events. He also finds every opportunity to encourage other teachers, welcome other teachers, and share his knowledge and expertise. Enjoy this interview with Richard. Welcome Richard. Great to have you. And And thank you for asking me. Can you start by sharing with us where, tell us where your studio is located and what you focus on teaching. Yes. Uh, Well, of course, the studio, I mean, I live here in Seattle, but my studio is about eight miles away, to be exact. I mean, I timed it even on the odometer. And uh, it's in Bellevue, Washington. It's directly east. It's, you know, it's kind of like Los Angeles would be with, you know, Glendale, Beverly Hills. I mean, it's all this one big megalopolis. So. I, uh, you know, I have my studio and the drive in uh, to the studio is just gorgeous. I take 520 East. It, you go over Floating Bridge. You look to the right and you see Mount Rainier. It's just oh, spectacular. Gorgeous. A lot of the residents here, have, have, you know, long time people of like 50 years, they say they never grow tired of looking at that mountain. But anyway, I specialize uh, and I mean, I, I do all ages, but my specialty and my, my keen interest is really adults and retirees. That is an untapped resource. And uh, I got into that because I used to live in the state of Florida until a couple years back, and I was there for over a quarter of a century. Don't do the math. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, there are a lot of people there. It's a resort retirement area, and you get a lot of people. It's on their their bucket list of things to do. Oh, I've always wanted to do this, or they want to continue what they started when they were, you know, in their childhood or teens. So it's it's really um, a wonderful way to have them reconnect with what music's all about and everything. And it gives me great joy to give them joy. Yes, I love that. Tell us about your, what is the your background? What's your musical history? Where where did you study? Who, who inspired you? Or how did you get to where you are now with your amazing ability to teach? Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I've always been interested in music. I'll just give you a little thumbnail sketch here. I, uh, my parents have told me, because I can't recollect any of this, because I mean, what do you recollect when you're one and two years of age? My parents said since the age of two, I wanted to play piano. And I was begging them for a number of years, you know, piano is a high ticket item. And so they wanted to make sure that little junior, (laughs) you know, wants to, you know, you know, because kids can be pretty whimsical and everything. So they wanted to be certain that I was going to take. So they made me wait till I was about six years old. And one time I was um, crying my little crocodile tears in front of the music director of our church. And he kind of acquiesced in that situation and said to my parents, oh, well, you know, well, you know, first lessons, couple months lessons, they're on me, you know, he'll, he'll drop it after that, it's no problem. So anyway, the rest is ancient history. So then I studied, uh, I grew up in the Northeast around uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, you know, Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, I've just taken, uh, all my teachers have been really very inspiring to me. All of them have had uh, degrees from conservatories in music. Uh, even the, the, the music director at our church, when I first started, he had his degrees in, in uh, organ, but he was also a pianist. So I mean, these are people that are trained at Juilliard and, you know, all the big schools, Eastman and whatnot. 
So I, I just always had good training. And then my last teacher before going uh, into college, it was my last couple of years, let's see, my sophomore through senior years of high school, uh, was a uh, con conservatory graduate of the Brussels uh, Conservatory. And so I just, she really helped prepare me a lot. I was playing a lot of advanced pieces. Then I went to school, I got all my degrees. I got my, my bachelor's, uh, my master's, and then my terminal degree. It sounds like cancer, but no. <laughs> Is there a life after a doctorate? Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> so anyway, I got uh, the, the first degree, the bachelor's was at Eastman School. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, right afterwards, I proceeded right into my master's degree at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. They now call it the uh, Jacobs School of Music of Indiana University. So, uh, and then I proceeded right into my doctoral degree. I did take two years off and I finally graduated in 1986. Uh, and I had really good GPA and everything. I kept everything up. You know, it's so funny, the, uh, <laughs> the way grades are now, the grading system for people, you know, they also have recognized A pluses higher than 4.0, but we didn't have that then. I don't know about you, but we didn't have that grading system. It was A plus was the same as A, which is a 4.0. So if you got an A minus, no matter how you look at it, you know, you <laughs> never get up to a 4.0 cum, you know, it was always 3.99999. <laughs> so uh, I, I, it was, all my teachers have been very inspiring. I've been able to glean lots of different things. I've kind of put myself together in terms of a hybrid kind of technique and various things. I've read a lot of books as well as experimented and getting experience from uh, teachers. You know, my teachers have given me exercises that go all the way back to Franz Liszt. So the pedigree goes all the way back then into Beethoven. There are these great exercises that I, I try to share with my students, especially the ones that really want to learn how to play. <laughs> And the teachers in our membership know that you are an amazing pianist because we do our open mic event every month and we get to hear you perform. And it's been such, it's been so fun to see the repertoire that you love. And I'm also always a little bit like, I, I wonder if the song I'm playing today, if Richard will know that one. And without a doubt, every single time yeah, Richard I, has I known the piece. I, I mean, I, I just, I, you know what, it, you know, it's so funny because I, people ask, what, what do I do for my time off and everything? And do I have a really great stereo system? I mean, during my time off, I want nothing to do with music. I just, I do a lot of outdoors activities. I love, you know, I used to, you know, climb, do rock climbing and everything. I don't do that now because it's a little dangerous, but I can say I've been there, done that. Uh, and then I don't have a great stereo system. I just, I only really listen to concerts if there's something unusual. And this is why I really like coming uh, to our open mic uh uh, sessions because I have a chance to hear different kinds of music. I love the arrangements that the, the other teachers come up with, as well as uh, some of the other kinds of pieces and, and teaching pieces, which are really great. I, guess, I think it's an untapped resource that I think more of us should be acquainted with. You know, as music teachers, as especially individual or private music teachers, we don't get that same community feeling that music teachers at a school atmosphere or a private music school might get, where you have this network of teachers that you are surrounding yourselves with. We just don't get the same kind of interaction. And that's been a huge benefit for the membership. Exactly. In fact, I have to tell you, I think the original idea of a of a conservatory and being around musicians was really great, but I think it's gotten to be a lot of backbiting and also just just tearing you down. And it took me decades to try to get back to my own reality and to get back to my own self-respect, simply. I mean, I've had teachers tell me, you know, you sit down at the instrument, you can't even sit down there properly. 
you know, uh, you know, they would say no. I mean, I haven't even played a note. So it's it's really a, it's very it's a very self conscious awkward experience. But the group, the uh, TMO, the Teach Music Online, has been very beneficial. I I just know that we all care for one another, and that's what matters. You know what? I have to tell you, as you know too, because raising a family, life is about relationships. And for me, to have this kind of support group, I, there's nothing like it. I it's 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 it's, it's gold to me it really is it's my lifeline thank you that is this just the nicest thing and i say thank you because you know i as the creator of this group and more recently the creator of the network um you know i've been creating videos and training courses and things for teachers but it's been really cool to see teachers helping each other and recognizing that we're all in this together there's no shortage of students there are millions of students around the world looking for teachers and helping one another is only going to uplift everyone so you've been you've played a big you've played a big role in that i i love seeing in the group when you comment on a teacher's question and the teacher's response is always thanks richard you know thank you for your for your response or for you liking what i shared or you know input giving each other input is always a rewarding experience it it is and it just the feeling is mutual because when when people uh, you know, when when uh, they, they respond to me or I respond to them, it's a great thing. Just even something as simple as cheering them, being able yeah. to just if you don't have a, a lot of time to write or do anything, you just cheer it, you know, let them know that you're there. You're encouraged. I think that's so fantastic. I want to hear a little bit about your studio before COVID-19 and, you know, teaching online for a lot of the teachers listening through the podcast, they they are probably similar to you in that they have these degrees, they are a very professional studio, a very high level studio. Was online teaching on your radar before COVID-19? Absolutely was, I because I've kept it going even with students. I have a student back in Florida, I've been teaching for over 10 years, maybe 11, 12 years, a long time. When I moved out here, we discussed it. I said, well, you, you know, do have a choice of trying to continue online or if you want to take from a teacher another local teacher there and uh, she said oh, no I because she knows what she has you know, I mean after those many years uh you build a really really good rapport good track record and so we just continued with that so it was I was no stranger to it uh even because of my age I didn't grow up uh, with with the digital world but still I'm willing to be flexible and it just just kind of go with the flow you have to have a lot of resilience and it doesn't matter what age but you have to have that because uh, a lot of curveballs and like the, the vicissitudes of life and things that are thrown at you. And you can't control that, but you can control how you react to it. And so uh, it was not a paradigm shift for me, although it was a catalyst to get me going more quickly because I had every intention of, of really doing uh, a lot of stuff this summer to convert the studio over. But so I did it a few months earlier. Wow. So you were already planning and heading in that direction. Exactly. It was that so that you could continue teaching students that moved or so that you could start marketing your studio beyond your area? It was both. Both. Yes. That's so, so cool to hear that it was already kind of in your mind. You already had a little bit of a setup that was ready to go for you. So mm-hmm. tell our teachers listening what that can't see your studio or see everything. What is your setup? What, are you, what instruments do you teach on? What device are you on right now for this call? What do you use right. that works for you for your lessons? Okay, well, the device I'm on, I, I, I use the MacBook Pro. Um, I usually try to get 
uh, the ones that are that are specced out because I don't want to have to worry about something crashing on me because I do a lot of video. I do postings mm-hmm. on YouTube and lots of things that are pretty intensive in that way. And you really don't want things clogging up. Um, I have, let's see, for my microphone, I have a Logitech microphone, an extra microphone. Uh, actually, actually, it's a Logitech camera and a microphone, as well as I have a, a, a blue Yeti microphone. It's one of the stereo microphones that you can change the, the wave patterns. And the studio is a very small studio. What happens is there is another person here. I share the studio space. We have three studios in here, and she uses two of them, and I use my one little one. It's about maybe 10 by 10, 11 by 11 at most. So I have a, a six-foot uh, grand, a Fazioli grand piano in here. And then I have my little hybrid upright, which is a really cool instrument. It's, uh, I, I call it, you know, do you know the difference between a hybrid and a regular digital? Because it has the actual piano action in it. It has, has the whippings and all the, the, yes. all the springs, everything. So it's just the sound is produced uh, through digitally. That's all. It's the only difference. But it feels just like it. The pedaling sensitivity, it's a wonderful instrument to have. Wow, that's really cool. So you have a fun setup. How long have you had both both of those instruments? I've had I've had, uh, well, I, I got the hybrid last year when I moved into this complex, and then because uh, I always like to have two two instruments, uh, I've had the Fazioli for uh, how long has it been now? It's been nine years, over nine and a half years. Wow, it's, it's a beautiful instrument. New- yeah, it was a, uh, you know, it, it's a very expensive instrument, unfortunately, you know, because, you know, it's the tools of our trade. But my my very, very dear friend uh, who had cancer and everything, she willed it to me. And uh, it was very wonderful. Her husband called me up one day and it said, hey, Rich, we have some good news for you. And I thought he was going to be talking about some kind of cure for her because she was diagnosed in May of 2009. And so this was like in spring of 2010. So he starts talking about pianos and I'm kind of scratching my head. What's, where is this leading to? And he said, we want you to pick out a piano. This was all in, in the effort to try to uh, help his wife uh, get better more quickly. Just something, you know, positive to look forward to. So I had to try to find a piano. He asked me to find a piano. And then when they were finished with it, they want me to have it. And I went, oh my God. You know, but I wasn't happy about it because you know what that means ultimately. Yeah. die. So I really have rather have the person instead of the piano. But anyway, I, I, I knew about this piano uh, from the summer before and I called the dealership because I he wanted me to do it in six days, five or six days to ship it out to Los Angeles. Wow. And I, I, I knew I wasn't going to have time. So I asked the person, do you still have that Fazioli piano that I played the, the summer before? Because when she was diagnosed the summer before, I flew out there to spend some time with the family. I'm very close to the family. I've known them for like 20 years almost. Wow. Wow. Well, what an amazing gift that she's given you that you can uh, have to remember I mean, her life. It's a gift of love. It really is. Oh, a very wow. strong memory uh, builder and everything. I at One time I had it at the church where I played in Naples because she also played there and I just thought, you know, just even have it physically there for people to look at it well to play it. It was sharing in her memory and and in that love. Hey, teachers, I have a quick interruption to bring to you a review slash message that I got from a teacher this week. I love doing a little bit of mail time in some of these episodes because it really shows a different perspective. That is a perspective from someone who isn't me about the resources and classes that I provide inside the Teach Music Online membership. 
Robin sent this over to me just this morning. She said, I love your tutorials and class. It has infused in me my love of teaching again. I have taught Suzuki piano for over 25 years, love it, and use lots of supplemental materials. She also explained that after trying to get jobs in other areas that she has always come back to teaching and that teaching online has provided with her, provided her with a lot of freedom. She said, I love the freedom and ability to manage my own time and the kids. I love the kids. Thank you for your support. You're awesome. Last thing, your makeup is always the bomb. Thanks, Robin, for making my day and giving me such a nice compliment about my makeup. I think that's a first. So thanks for letting me know. And you guys are on the podcast, so you really can't even judge for yourself if you think my makeup is the bomb. (laughs) But thank you so much, Robin. That just made me so, that just made me smile. So Robin is a member of the Teach Music Online membership where I share monthly content, monthly materials. You hear Richard actually referring to the membership quite often in this interview. He is such a huge advocate of it. I love it so much. So head over to teachmusic.online to learn more about that and to get to know more teachers like Robin and Richard. Okay, let's jump back into the Teacher Spotlight interview with Richard. So I wanted to ask you about how this summer, in the last couple of months, how your business has changed as far as how you how you manage your business differently, how you have created a website that is looking really amazing, and how the membership has kind of helped you helped you to get there. Um, what's what are some changes that you've made recently in your studio to prepare for this incoming year of teaching? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, well, I've always had the uh, the website, but I had a chance to really, and your comments about where to put the teaching page and everything as the so-called index page or homepage, because that's the thing that you do. And so I, uh, the, many helpful comments. So I just decided to it basically reorganize the, the site. Uh, I'm going to be working with uh, a Divi and learning how to do that stuff on my own. I have a friend right now who is helping me because she is very computer literate and she designs websites. So on the front side of it, she's helping me to do just the changes what I need right now while I'm going to be, oh, she's using Dreamweaver. So after that, uh, on the back side, I'll just, you know, work with uh, Divi and everything. It's just going to be a whole summer project because it, it's the learning curve is quite steep. It's um, one of those really great programs, but uh, with, because of it's so powerful and has so many options, you know, it's just not possible to learn it very quickly. I, I probably, I, I'm trying to see what I can do with tutorials as well as a need to know mm-hmm. basis. Then uh, I become very much more well organized, uh, especially on the business side of it. I There's a wealth of resources that this group, uh, uh, Teach Music Online, has presented to me, and it's been very, very beneficial. Uh, I knew eventually I would probably find a lot of these things, but for me, it was saving me time and time is golden to me right now. It's just, we don't have a lot of time so make the most of it. It is really worth being in the membership, uh, the kinds of uh, exchanges that we have and the weekly uh, meetings, uh, as well as the, uh, we were helping one another out, even though sometimes it's really interesting, Carly, you're a very busy person. And still, if I put something out there in the group, guess what? Somebody probably has some kind of answer that really makes sense. And it's really cool. And then to see you confirm that, it's, it's really, really great. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's I really definitely cool. don't know everything. I don't know everything. And so I think it's great. I, I'm yeah, so far really, from that. 
Yeah, but you're a really great mentor. And that's what, I mean, it doesn't matter about age or anything and you know, a you. young family and everything. It's just, I know quality when I see it. And uh, I, I, what happened was, it, it, this is a case of, of pure and simple serendipity. Because <laughs> I, I say that, I know you laugh, but it's, it's really, I, I, no, I love it. some kind of like overall scheme of things. And, you know, there's force behind everything. These people that don't believe in God, you know, there's some kind of force out there. But what happens is um, uh, I found out about this group through a friend of mine, a colleague of mine here in the area, just happened to send an, kind of an informational email saying, hey, do you know, have you heard about this? What do you think of it? So I, that's, that was back in October. So that's when I joined the Facebook Oh, that group. was that was October? I didn't know that. Right. And then, and then, oh. yeah. And then, yeah. And, and you, I know you probably just started around then or not, not too much before. Yeah. That. Yeah, in August. So, yeah. And so what I did was I started joining the conversation there. And then when you came up with the course, I thought, oh, a perfect Christmas present to myself. It was right before <laughs> Christmas. Christmas, I said, yes, that's the time to jump in. So one thing led to another. And then becoming a, a member of the subscription part of the group is really that is the most valuable thing because you get it's ongoing and I get personalized interaction. Yeah. If anybody's going to get anything out of this, is it's because of your interaction. I would encourage everybody to really participate because it builds in a sense of accountability. It also builds in an automatic support system. There are mm. so there are no minuses. It's all pluses. So the more yes. you get involved, it's a you get more of the sense of a real community and people that really care. And we really nurture one another. And that's that's extremely important. I think some teachers right now, whether they're in our membership or not, they're feeling a little overwhelmed and they feel like there's a lot that's coming at them and they're thinking about, you know, their studio policy and their rates and their business and finding new students. And something I want to help teachers understand that it's everything is one step at a time. And as long as you know where you're going next or which action item you're going to accomplish next, then that's all we can do. And I think as teachers, we are built in go-getters. We are taskmasters. You know, we know how to multitask and do a lot of things at once. But what I love is really helping people just kind of do one thing at a time and see that progression that's exactly it and i i, I like that approach because it's like you, you how do you go from step a to, to, to z you go by b c d e f all that stuff you don't do these quantum leaps it just doesn't work and it's probably not very healthy you know it's too stressful so <laughs> you're allowing us the option of just going at what we can handle and that's again another important issue uh, it is overwhelming because there's a lot of information out there, but it's like looking at an encyclopedia, everything, you just go find out the things that, that you need to do at the time mm -hmm. again, and you just whittle away at it. And it, it does work. I mean, I, I see some really, really good results. I'm trying to still build the studio in terms of recruiting, you know, getting the people online. And I think once I get the, uh, a really well-developed Facebook business page, as well as you know get, get the google business going uh yes. i just uh the other day that we're, i'm an artist in residence at the northwest pianos here they sell the you know these fazioli pianos and everything so i'm kind of a spokesperson for them and they have a beautiful little concert hall and teaching studios in there and what happens is they asked me they said we realized you're not on our, our teaching page so they put me there and they put me right up front and center you know for the first one because it happens to be i guess my name you know starts with a b last name so it, it was the first in the alphabet so really it was <laughs> so Lucky. it's nice that they put me in there that's another contact point and everything to make sure you get the word out 
Yeah, that's great. Contacting your local studio, your local piano stores or your local music teacher association, wherever it is to get your name out there. I love that. What is, I, you know, there are teachers that are, they're still feeling hesitant about getting online and you've been doing it for a while now. You've had this teacher who moved or the student who moved away. What, what are some words of encouragement that you might have for a teacher who feels like, oh, I just can't teach online, it's not effective? What, okay. What's something you might tell them? Okay, there are several things, and I'm glad we're talking about this, because this is uh, the point of this podcast is to be able to bring hope to people, uh, no matter where you, the background that you come from. And I really would encourage everybody who's hesitant, take a second look. Uh, the, the name of the game is really, as I talked about before, is flexibility and resilience. And try to be open-minded, be willing to you know, experiment with new ideas. I mean, because it really, it's essentially your future. You are planning for your future. And we have no choice in this pandemic. As I stated earlier, uh, you know, we, we can't dictate what's thrown at us in life, but we can certainly control how we handle it, you know, how we cope with the situation. And you will not find a better support system. And the accountability factor, it's its almost like taking a course in a way. So I, I, I treat this like homework assignments. I love when you give the, uh, the, the Sunday, you know, uh, things to do, Sunday challenges, and then the Friday wins and all that stuff. So it's a way of giving out homework assignments in a, in, in a certain sense. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the week, you re- recap it with, okay, what, what has been accomplished and everything. And I love the way you, you, you put it in, you know, quotes, you know, the wins, because they really are wins. No matter what you do that week, there's always going to be something that you can get out of your efforts, what you put in. I love that. Looking at looking at what the situation has brought for teachers in a positive light and saying, what can we learn from this? And how are we going to react? Are we going to react in a way that helps us grow as a community of teachers? Or are we going to look at it as this challenge um, that maybe has more of a negative perspective on it? But I, I, I really love that idea of being positive in the, mm. in the eyes of adversity, right? Right. And you know what? The biggest thing is we're not alone. As cliche as that sounds, we are not alone. And human beings, we can't do it alone. We need to help each other. I'll tell you, Carly, I make myself available to other my colleagues that still don't do a lot of these things online. And I, I take time out of my day to spend some time with them on the phone, helping them through, giving them encouragement. Because I know whatever was shown to me, I'm going to give back. Why shouldn't I? You know, it's just, that's the beauty karma. of karma. It's good karma. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's karma. You're creating really good karma. Exactly. So clearly, Richard, you are so passionate about music. It's inspiring for me to see what you've created, how passionate you are about teaching students and sharing it with others and helping teachers. What is something that you hope to give, talking about students, what is something you hope to give to your students as their teacher? I'm going to simply put it, I'm going to make it succinct as possible. It's to give the gift and the magic of music. There's something very special about that I've always been attracted to. It sounds, I'm very sound oriented. So maybe it's just something that, uh, that drives me. But I also want to, I want to impart to them a, a kind of a legacy of kind of wonder, appreciation and love for the arts and culture. 
it's it's kind of it's what defines us as being human doesn't it you know it's it's so important i mean that's it adds to the quality of life Thank you, Richard. And I'm going to link for the teachers your website with your videos because if you want to be inspired, you have to check out Richard's performance videos. It's so fun to see you in on stage, you know, dressed up, performing pieces and to really hear the years, years and decades of perfection that you have that you have done as a musician is so inspiring. So I'm, I'm but happy I'll to tell share you, that But I have Richard. to tell you something, Carly, what is perfection? Sure. It's just because the whole point is, is that I'm still learning how to tame this behemoth behind me. So I'm still <laughs> learning things. It's just something that, you know what, I'm, I'm a perpetual student. And I think that's a good thing because it, 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 if everybody thinks they have it all, then, then life can be pretty boring. I mean, there's so much to learn. I've always said it takes 150 years to learn any particular discipline, which means we'll never learn it in our lifetime. Yeah. You know, it takes 150 years to learn well, let's say you're a scientist or a musician or whatever discipline that is. So, and that's good. You know, there's a that lifetime. Out there, and I thrive on it. I love academic environments. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Richard. Thank you. And have a great <laughs> weekend. And we'll, we'll see you this coming week in the, in the classes, okay? I am so grateful that Richard took the time to visit with me and share some of his insights on in how we can view this pandemic in a positive light. I hope that that's what you got from him as well. In the show notes, I'll share a link to his website and his YouTube channel so you can also be inspired by his many accomplishments, his amazing ability to perform, and his love for teaching. Thank you so much for joining me today. Head over to teachmusic.online for access to join us in the Teach Music Online membership where you'll get access to our group coaching sessions, new monthly workshops, my complete comprehensive Teach Music Online course and engagement course. We'd absolutely love to have you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review so more teachers can find us. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Have an amazing week. And as always, happy teaching.